Damn, what is up, internet friend? Welcome to Walking and Talking. This is Ben Bennett. What follows is the audio version of Walking and Talking, which was originally recorded as a video. I'm transferring all of the series onto this podcast format because I think that this is a more flexible way to engage with this content. I like the idea of this audio accompanying you with your own visual field wherever you happen to be and whatever you happen to be doing, rather than tempting you to stare at a screen for hours on end. In some of these back episodes, you may hear some mic handling and wind noise, but the audio quality generally improves as the series progresses. Publishing, walking, and talking as a podcast does take additional time and money spent on my end, so if you appreciate this show and its ad-free status, please consider supporting it via Patreon at patreon.com slash benjaminbennett. Patreon is currently the only form of income that I receive for walking and talking, and I would prefer to keep the show free from any ads or sponsorship. I'm hoping to increase the frequency and intensity of these episodes, as well as start an additional series, and it's becoming clear to me that I'll need to start at least offsetting some of my expenses in order to do so. I have always lived with as few expenses as possible for both practical and ethical reasons. For almost two decades, I have dumpster-dived a significant portion of my food and other commodities because of how much I dislike waste. This is all just to say that any small amount you donate will go a very long way in making this work increasingly possible because I won't blow your money on beer and overpriced avocado toast. If you're on the fence about donating and have any questions about my financial situation, or anything else for that matter, just shoot me an email at sittingandsmiling, all one word, at gmail.com. Once again, that's sittingandsmiling at gmail.com. I aim for transparency. Once more, the URL is patreon.com slash benjaminbennett, and you can also find that link in the show notes. Now, with my deepest gratitude, regardless of what you decide, on to the show. Damn. What is up, my internet friends? Welcome. Wow. Can you believe it? I could say anything. It doesn't, it really, it really doesn't feel like it matters what I say. It matters and it does not. It matters and it doesn't. Look at this.
I'm thinking a lot really fast. I'm thinking really fast, faster than I'm talking. And I want to get, I want to get focused. Bam. I want to get focused to the point where I'm not thinking much more than I'm speaking. Focus in on the act of speaking so that I can... What I want to do is really investigate just this phenomena of phenomenon of speaking. And particularly the sense of agency attached to it and the intention attached to it. I feel interested in trying to operate from a realm where individual agency and intention are not totally as solid as they tend to appear most of the time, as they tend to seem. I need to deliver you the goods. I'm unfocused. I feel unfocused. But here's the thing. Yesterday, I was thinking a lot about focus. And I have this thought that Becoming focused on any thing is really where you get the really good stuff out of life. Like everything good in life seems like it's a result of focus sometimes. But at the same time, and so this was, this was causing me some concern because I'm like, okay, what do I focus on then? What should I focus on? There's a number of things. 
Like, do I just focus on what I am doing right now? Do I focus on the thing that I have done the most so far in my life? You know, like, if I attach focus to duration or repetition, or is it just or is focus just attached to the present moment? And also, the question is, Uh, it's like, the thing is, on the surface level, it seems like it's fairly easy to make distinctions about where to, to, where to delimit a object of focus. You know what I'm saying? So, for example... Like, if I'm, like, yeah, say I, say I want to, I don't know, like, just say, for example, that I want to focus on, walking and talking. That's pretty simple. That's, that is actually pretty simple. I could just, every day, go outside and make a walking and talking video. That seems like a, that seems like it would create focus. But I imagine that if I did that, if I do that, within that, there's gonna be there's gonna be questions of focus. Like, well, you know, okay. So I'm already I'm currently walking and talking. I make I'm doing the thing, I'm doing a thing that I could be focused on. But now even within that, it's like I'm, I'm talking about needing to become mentally focused. And this, this, is, this is a really subjective um, definition, you know? Like in terms of this activity, what would it mean to be focused? What would it mean to be focused beyond just having this experience and doing this activity of continuing to walk and talk for four hours?
I guess it's just, you know, cause it's not like, it's not like I would wanna limit my activity to say, just repeating the same word over and over again. No. I want to keep talking in a quote-unquote natural way that is allowing one thought to lead to the next. Maybe it's that I don't want to be jumping too suddenly too, too uh, suddenly in between different topics to be able to delve in depth into something. But of course that's still subjective. I mean, I was going to say that maybe what I want is not to have difficult or painful emotional experiences linked towards uh, thoughts or mental dissonance happening. But that's not exactly it either. It's not that I necessarily want an entirely pleasant experience. Because I know a thing or two about the nature of pleasure. Enough to know that it doesn't really work in the long run. I'm pretty certain of that. The more I think about it, the more, the more certain I feel that all that matters here is that I walk and talk for four hours. and nothing more. I really consider things a lot. I think, I think a lot about what I should do. You know, with my life, I consider it, I give it a great deal of consideration what to do with my life.
and so far all that consideration leads me to continue doing this or it at least leads me to do this right now at this moment but if you ask me if I feel committed to this I would say no I would say if at any moment it became clear to me that I should be doing something else with my time then I would do that and many times that's in fact what I do other things with my time and in those times you don't see me on YouTube but you look at my YouTube channel you see lots of lots of time in one place lots of time doing one thing and you think you think this guy only does this but it's just it's just that it's just that all this time is consolidated and represented in one place. And it's it's really it's really silly cuz like I know there are many other YouTubers that spend more time on uh, making their videos than I do you know with production and editing and writing and things like that they do things like that and they spend way more time than I spend but they it results just in shorter videos and people people don't tell them you're wasting your life people don't tell them you need to get a job and a girlfriend what the fuck Give me a effing break. This is my job and my girlfriend. At least at the at least at the moment, you know? At least at the moment while I'm doing it. For me, doing things like extending those sorts of categorical uh, concepts far into the future and the past has not been very helpful for me. You know that is uh <clears throat> thinking in terms of thinking in terms of I'm definitely going to do just this for the rest of my life 
or I'm completely committed to this one thing. That hasn't been, that just hasn't worked for me very well. Just in terms of my, my personal experience of time. For me, it's, it's, it just works much more to be like, I'm doing this right now. And if that works well enough in some particular framework, you know, towards uh, cultivating, you know, something like we could call well-being in square, in scare quotes, not square quotes. Uh, Because, you know, I'll probably have to put an asterisk on well-being and return to that later. Hey, there's a cool bug right on top of the camera. I'm sorry you can't see it. But that's, that's kind of like, the camera is kind of like your head because you can't see it. The camera is effectively your head right now. It's, it's, and actually, actually, scratch what I just said. Scratch it. Forget I said that. Um, it's not that I do this because it, I don't do this because it contributes to my well-being, even though it does. I just do it because I do it. I just, it's a thing that I just keep doing. And that's all. I just do it. Check it out, a YouTube URL. Maybe, I can't, I don't know if I can read that, all of that. It's just that the, the, you know, gaining ideas 
just don't work for me. I mean, they, they still kind of exist in my mind to a certain extent and are probably attached to some of my behaviors. But but by and large, uh, having gaining ideas in my mind is like, is really connected with suffering for me. And I know this sounds uh, maybe a little bit dogmatic. Maybe it sounds, uh, yeah, maybe this sounds a little bit like a, a Buddhism cliche or something. But I really, I can really say that it's that I feel the most sort of at home uh, in reality when I'm behaving without any concept without any kind of gaining idea and that means like not thinking about improving myself not thinking about improving my mood or like not thinking about uh, changing my emotional state in any way fuck you uh, not thinking about benefiting the world because um, you know like when I when I understand from my first-hand experience my subjective experience that that this is the kind of state that feels like home for me and that it 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 really is not really um, attached to particular circumstances. It's not connected to the material. It's not connected to uh, the conceptual, really. I mean, it has a relation with the conceptual and the material, which maybe, hopefully, I can get into later. But... Um, the at the core of it it's not a sort of thing that can can be helped or hurt by things going on and in light of that this idea of trying to help other people takes takes a different type of valence or, or meaning or, or like uh, or maybe you know it maybe empties it a little bit of its 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 solidness or, or its its fundamentalness it's not that it's not that help and harm aren't real things they're they're certainly very real as much as Things like suffering are, are totally real. But it's it's more, I don't know, it's something like um, trying to, to get to a place that is somehow 
is somehow beyond the, the planes of like happiness and suffering or something like that. I don't know. Hey, a shooting range. I should come come back here. Well, now I feel like I've uh, said so many things which could really be elaborated in depth already if I can go back and remember some of those asterisks. Oh yeah, well-being. I mean, like could I, could I possibly define well-being? I mean, I guess well-being would be the absence of negative emotions, but but also the thing about the thing about emotions is that what we think of as the positive and the negative emotions are are so linked. They're, they're so incredibly linked to each other. And it's, it's really, would be really hard for me to say with any kind of confidence that that it's it's possible in one's life to cultivate um, like a, a majority of positive emotions without without an equal measure of negative ones. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. But in my experience, they really seem to go hand in hand, just like kind of dispersed uh, temporally, you know? But then that's, that brings up another thing to consider is like the The sort of linear temporal dispersion of human experience, which I th I might say is uh, is necessary for feeling emotion. Well, 
watch out. Everybody shout now. But I mean like, you know, you must be... Shout now. You must be familiar with, like, mood swings. You probably know somebody who gets uh, super excited and giddy and manic at one point and then uh, after a little while they crash and become super cranky or uh, depressed and negative. To me, I feel like all of those strong emotions, whether positive or negative, um, it seems like they're kind of dependent on like a like a really a really strong feeling of linear time, of thinking about past and future. Because, like, if I'm feeling uh, depressed, it it's usually coincident with a lot of negative thoughts. All of these thoughts being... abstracted from the present moment and, you know, thinking about my past or my future as this abstraction and thinking about the past and future as these very real things, you know, and in a, in a depressed state, it's like the future, you know, it's like, ah, horrible things have happened in the past and horrible things are going to happen in the future sort of thing, you know? And, he, and, you know, maybe it's about, it could be about my life, like, oh, I'll never be happy again. Or life is, life is only suffering thinking about, you know, this, uh, the potential years of, of misery ahead of me. And the years of misery behind me. Um... And so it really kind of feels as if like, like this linear time, like it's as if the past and the future are, are just like uh, dominating my experience in a way that, you know, in an oppressive way that I can't escape. Now that's, that's one way of, of describing the experience. But then, but then also like, like strongly, and then it can happen in the, the inverse way of like strongly positive emotions, like, um, 
really strong positive emotions are probably linked with some idea of like, oh, the future is looking good, you know? Some good, some prospects for uh, improvement and happiness in the future. Things are looking up or there's a lot of possibility for the future, that sort of thing. Or, or looking, looking uh, at the past of oneself and feeling um, positively identified with the, the life narrative. Like, I've, I've done this, I've accomplished this and that in my life. Um, I am, I'm a solid person, that sort of feeling. Uh, but again, it's like an experience that's dominated by the past and the future. I don't know. I could be. I could be all wrong about this. I could be all wrong about this. Because also I know that it's it's true that these moods are so are also so uh, physiologically linked, and you know the, the physiological experience is so so present as well. So I don't know. Maybe I'm maybe I'm maybe what I'm saying here is. only a fragmented partial truth well that's 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 a given that's for sure everything that i am saying is only a fragmented partial truth and it's only really in a sort of meta experience of talking or of hearing that uh any any greater kind of truth can be apprehended and that's the part about this that i have to keep reminding myself of of you know just continuing to talk and not not like like not stopping and thinking about things too much just keep just keep blabbering just keep letting the words fall out because really it's this it really it's this meta experience of talking that interests me the most and this comes you know in light of what i just said about practically any given statement that I could possibly say is necessarily a, a fragmentary perspective on reality. Ow, my toe. Wow. I mean, something... Something can be said for for synthesis and and distillation uh, of ideas into something that's relatively compact and functional map of reality that's what we're after here and so it's like I feel like I need to be open uh, to to really 
anything that can any any perspective that contains truth i want to be open to all of that uh, and maybe just maybe if i if i'm able to hold hold all of these seemingly disparate perspectives i could uh I could someday uh, I don't know be able be able to uh see some some kind of unifying map of reality and so this walking and talking process is really helpful in that it it pressures me to just uh, stay to just have a, a, a relatively continuous look I'm in the line of fire have a relatively continuous um, like observation of of my own thought movement and you know in the in the span of 4 hours it changes so much i can and and my my perspective will change so much and things i think about i don't know though you know any particular idea i'll while at the moment of saying it or maybe maybe even at just at the moment of thinking it and before it even comes out of my mouth it seems it seems to possess the quality of the immediate truth but then often and sometimes just sometimes as soon as it does come out of my mouth and sometimes before I've even finished the sentence that I'm saying uh, I'll notice its partiality or the that it is having the effect of obscuring another truth it's it's fragmentary it's limiting and uh, just continually noticing that for a, a long period it helps me to it helps to me to just get a longer uh, a longer view of my thought process and to maybe get a little bit of insight onto the, the nature of my thought process itself and um, you know it, it helps kind of I mean it does kind of debase certain things that I might otherwise be, be holding in my head as more solid truths damn Look, it's fun to be standing here where at another point in time we would get be getting shot to death.
Mmm, smells like rubber. Look at these things, it's like a, it's kind of like tire rubber. Well, it's obviously not stopping these bullets. But even with all that, it's not like, it's not like I ever arrive at a, you know, any kind of conclusive understanding of, of anything really, you know, it's like that, uh, maybe what I'm saying could be called delusion in that we're, we're just in the, we're in the process of truthing. We're truthing as a verb. We're not, we're not, there's, there's no, uh, there's no noun truth to be arrived at. There's only, there's only truthing as a verb. There's no need to call myself a truther. That's a little too nouny, you know? I'm just truthing. And as soon as this episode is over, it's not like we don't, we won't possess any truth. I'm telling you now, you're not going to possess any truth. Boy, it feels fun to just stand behind these shooting targets. Because like in the back of my mind, I'm just like wondering if somebody's going to show up and start firing off some rounds pumping me full of lead. Cool. What could I put here? As a target. We'll leave, we'll leave this as potential. This is something I like to do, you know? If I, if I have an idea, like I have an idea of, you know, putting something funny here as a target, I love to just not realize ideas. Cause then you just, you just leave them as, uh, as an, as a potential, you know? And also really it's great to, to uh, just avoid having ideas because it's like, you know, I end up having so many damn ideas uh, that just, just so many that it would be impossible to realize all of them. And like the idea, the idea existing in my head 
like for instance you know you know like a, a project or something I'm visual I visualize in my head the material existence of something that does not exist and projecting into the future uh, a world that has this thing which previously did not exist I mean that's uh That's something I, I am really uh, attracted to. That is something that I, I, I kind of want to do is bring into existence things that didn't exist before. But it's like I have just so many of these ideas and, and the every time you engage in the process of bringing one thing in, into existence you are also you know denying all these others other possibilities but you know that's what i'm doing now i'm i'm bringing this particular video into existence and and denying all the other infinite potential realities that I could be manifesting. So that that's what it so when when uh when I just let an idea can just like continue to exist as potential or better yet let that idea manifest or not not, not manifest like disappear back into the potential from which it came in my mind that feels uh even better sometimes um, and better yet um you know make it so those ideas don't arise in the first place you know just to to continue really existing uh in more of a no thought, no thought, no existence realm, uh, really feels like like a, a much stronger sort of potential. I mean, but then you don't even have to really necessarily think of it as as potential exactly. But it's it's like. It's like uh, returning to the, the unity from which the world manifests. Like that's what you can do when you, when you get rid of, uh, of, you know, this existence of linear time and of, of constant thinking and thoughts and ideas manifesting. Like, yeah, yeah. And and you get out of this you get out of this realm of of uh you know i need to i need to get something i need to do something i mean i mean yeah and then like you know sometimes i'm sometimes that sometimes that's happening to me 
you know, sometimes when I'm when you don't see me on on camera. But again, need I remind you that absolutely everything I say is still just <clears throat> a partial and fragmented truth because there's still so very much reality to the, you know, just the vicissitudes of life. I gotta go eat something. I gotta go to the bathroom. I gotta pay the bills. I gotta so on and so on, you know, keep my, keep my material, physical, emotional needs met enough. Met enough to make the space to really get into uh, the non-functional, non-utilitarian, non-linear, um, and then, and then beyond that into really the like unmanifest reality. You know, it oscillates back and forth. But maybe I guess, maybe guess, I guess what, what I hope is that like, if I am able to enter that sort of unmanifest experience more often than Then, then the sort of experience of, of manifestation of, uh, of my life or of, of creation uh, can, can be experienced more vividly. You know, going, going into nothingness so that you can then, like, really experience the, the genesis of something. I'm just talking here. Out my ass, as they say. Yeah, like rock climbing. That's one of those things that I'm really happy to just leave as unmanifested potential for myself, you know? You just, and I was thinking about this, about experiences, like we want, we want life experiences. What the hell does that even mean, you know? Like, uh, at the same time, I feel like <clears throat> the things that stand out in my memory as experiences, you know, uh, I could also just kind of think of them as as clutter, as as junk that like now is now is now like has a substance in my mind 
that that seems to stay there. I mean, it's not like I'm always thinking about them, but it's like, well, it's like experiences can, can, in my mind, can exist in the past or in the future, you know, as either memories or projections. Almost the same diff, the slight difference, but almost the same. But those, 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 those are, are, I feel like a kind of junk in that they are, uh, they have, they have a kind of like ex experiential solidity to them in their existence as as uh, mental constructs. It's like in the in the actual in the actual present of experience. I would say that experiences, or like in the, in the so in in the like present like sort of more verbal transitive experience it's not like this is a noun you know it's not like this experience you and i what you're experiencing now this isn't an experience per se in you know in your in your to if you are experiencing it truthfully but the experiences in the more noun sense that could be past, present, or future, uh, is really more, is really more of a, a conceptual reduction of reality that, that we keep around in apparent solid form, which is to me like, feels like clutter that gets in the way of, uh, of, of the good stuff to me. And so th this isn't like, this isn't like an argument against, against doing anything in particular. I guess it's more of just like, maybe it's just an, an argument about, an argument against um, the, just the, the sort of conceptual reduction of experiences as such. Because, you know, once then, once they have this objectified form, then it's like they become, then, then they are subject to all the uh, problems of materialism and, and wanting or rejecting. I kind of think about traveling a lot about in this sense. Even though it seems to be beneficial for my, my dopamine or, or some other neurotransmitters or something. But, you know, what good is that in the long run?
considering the fact that our, our, our neuro, neurotransmitter system is always balancing itself out. Like sometimes, there's sometimes where I feel a temptation to be attendant towards the, the uh, tone of YouTube commenters and, and uh, say something that rationalizes what I'm doing in, in terms of, you know, like well-being, utility and whatnot. But then I'm just like, no, there's no fucking reason to, to go there. Sucks to be you, non-walkers and talkers. Not really. You know I don't really feel that way. You know, you know that I, you know that I know well and clear, well and good, or however they say it. That every, every little cranky and judgmental YouTube comment is still still a manifestation of The, you know, the, the you know, uh, the, it's efflux. It's part of the many, and it's, it's part of, you know, it's that, that kind of, uh, the worldview that, these YouTube comments are reflective of. We have to have some respect um, for that worldview as a necessary, uh, necessary structure um, that that paves the way for higher structures, higher, uh, more transcendent worldviews. Um, and I guess to to be a little more specific about what I mean is, is that, oh, turtle. My day just got better. Um, 
It's like, of course, this doesn't uh, exactly fit in in the uh, rational utilitarian worldview, especially, especially the very materialist one that we that uh, is really, you know, kind of like dominant on YouTube. You know, you're not getting, like, like walking, talking doesn't really offer you, the viewer, much in terms of, like, the, the emotional uh, reward of feeling like you've, you've uh, understood something, like you've finally grasped something. Like, there's a, there is, you know, an emotional neurochemical payoff that happens when someone grasps something, you know, they learn something. Oh, I got it. Cool. I feel good. Um, and there's so many YouTube videos that really give you that gratification because they explain something in, in, they, they take a concept and they explain it in concise terms and it uh, it seems conclusive and and you know it's like in 10 or 15 minutes and you're like oh cool I I, uh, I understand stoicism now or or, or whatever and uh, or or uh, or like I understand some kind of like a pop psychology concept now um, in, a, in a very in a way that's very uh, validating and affirming no less um, and so like yeah that that makes sense in the in the rational structure and um, It's like, maybe at times I say things that are, that have some explanatory power, but the four hour, the nature of the, the continuous nature of the four hours and uh, my commitment to be as honest as I can um, with regards to the, the truth of what I'm saying, that or to put it another way, to that I, I'm going to keep admitting when something that I've just said uh, now seems either false or only partially true and that there's more to the story and that uh, we can't just, we can't just like uh, wrap these things up in nice little boxes in our minds. Uh, I don't really uh, give you that payoff. It's it's not as easy. Um, but I think maybe you know maybe for certain people who are on a on a similar wavelength to me, maybe uh, maybe if they are kind of 
uh, resonating with this process of truthing um, or if just you know continuing to go on and think and talk and interrogate everything I guess what I'm saying if, is if you're the type of person that gets emotional payoff uh, from, from this type of YouTube video, then uh, I'm really, I'm, I'm a little bit in awe of you. I have a great amount of admiration because you... In order for this to be something that is emotionally <clears throat> gratifying for you, you really must adhere to a very high standard of 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 living authentically, you know. It would mean that you 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 have chosen not to invest yourself emotionally in things which you had which you have now perceived to be uh, transitory or empty or fragmentary or surface level. You've you've disavowed. Um, granting those things any any ultimate substance and so you you are you could i could say you are attendant to the void in simone wiles words or simone ve i'm Which to me, which to me is really sexy. To admit, I have to admit that sometimes I, I'll, I'll have thoughts of, of entering the, entering the fray of the more conventional YouTube video, of writing and production values and editing and concise explanations on specific topics because I'm like, oh, if I did that I could give everybody the payoff the payoff of understanding but it's not real understanding
It's only under, it's only, it's fragmentary. It's limiting. I mean, it's, it's limiting if you take one of those understandings and, and feel satisfied with it, you know? If you, I mean, to the, to the extent that you derive uh, satisfaction and um, contentment from it and you feel, you feel content as adopting that as part of your worldview, you know, and, and I mean like whatever, whatever philosophical or psychological uh, or whatever other informational thing you've watched in, in the span of a few minutes, to the extent that you derive this contentment or satisfaction from it, it means that you are you you are in, in danger of of limiting your experience to that viewpoint whereas there are actual transcendent uh viewpoints whereas like you know if you go you go you can go from um uh, discipline to discipline um from worldview to worldview and have uh, merely translative understandings. That is like, you could, you could understand things from a sociological point of view, or you could uh, understand things from a psychological point of view, and they're, they're, they're kind of just different. Um, they're, they're on the same plane of mapping reality, but from one to the other is merely a, a translative change, like different, like like different languages. But to get to the place where you can uh, understand, like where you can see see the truth in all of those things. But see just the partial truth, you, or you can see those truths as being, you know, true but partial uh, from a transcendent viewpoint. But yeah, like like I was saying, I've I've felt a temptation, you know. What if I what if I entered that realm of just you know making like 15 minute long videos that explain a, a certain thing, and and have some flashy uh, editing and are are pleasurable to look at. But then when I get out here and I, and I just start doing this, then I'm then like. All of that, like, then, like, that's when it becomes clear why I haven't done that, why I don't do that. Because doing that would not really be generative. 
it would just be it's more like it's more like just being ex exploitative in a way I mean it, it could be helpful to certain people on a certain level but um, they're they're just for me they're like there there really is uh, if 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 I have this potential in my life to go after the 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 realest truth that I can uh, it would be a shame not to take that opportunity because doing this does actually feel for me generative uh, at a higher level and you 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 may you may cringe at the phrase higher level and understandably so in that that uh you know people people tend to like to posit themselves as uh being at at the highest level of something and mind you that i am not proposing any kind of uh hierarchy of value or of power because I, I am very much acknowledging the, the necessity of everything that we have now, all the, the, all the worldviews that we have, uh, as, as necessary links in the, the chain of, of evolution. Uh, you know, evolution of worldview, evolution of consciousness. You know, that we, that, uh, like we had, we have had to have, um, all of the structures of consciousness that we have had and all of the structures of worldview of understanding what we have, uh, which build upon each other uh, to get to where we are today and to get to where we might go tomorrow. Like just thinking about the um, evolution of, of say, <clears throat> the human worldview. Like we, when we had, when when humans lived in hunter-gatherer societies, you know, small small groups, uh, subsisting uh, very directly from uh, and whatever untamed 
natural world. Uh, these, we, we had a animistic, magical understanding of the world around us uh, that very much served our survival and, and served us in interacting with the world. And then when we started to settle into agrarian society, then uh, we needed to start cooperating on a, a grander scale. Um, more complex and grander uh, scale which is actually like a little bit more that required a little bit more mental abstraction to you know understand that the division of labor and and how to and specialization of work and how all of that interrelates and how to cooperate on a scale that's larger than just the, the people that you know and so it's like the monotheistic mythical uh, paradigm which things happen because God makes them happen <clears throat> and we, we you know pray to God if we want to change things rather than praying to the the, the spirits of the forest or the spirits of, of animals that we're directly interacting with. So we're, you know, we have this worldview of things happen because God makes them happen, corresponding with. Uh, the now hierarchical organization of society. And now and we still have these these worldviews like maybe I don't know, is it most of the world today still believes in uh, believes in God of some sort? Like a, a personal God? I don't know. I don't know the exact numbers. But it's become clear, increasingly clear, as, as these uh, various monotheistic religions, or not necessarily monotheistic, but theistic, uh, start to come in, in more contact with each other and and your religion dictates that all the other ones are wrong and they are all heathens but uh, our understanding of the world is like increasingly at odds with that understanding of with that worldview it's like we have this this uh, we have kind of a, a schizophrenic thing going on where it's like people go to their church and pray to their God 
uh, and ostensibly believe that that he is the creator and the one the one true God, and that these these other religions which we uh, know very much about and uh, know that they also have millions of followers. Uh, ostensibly, we believe that they are wrong and that they are all going to hell or whatever. <clears throat> so that's what we do in church, and then we we have the rest of our lives where uh, more and more in the modernized world we practice tolerance and democracy. We're living, in, you know, we have th these conventional religions and but we're really materially living in a post-conventional society. And so increasingly people are starting to look for alternatives to that and to a more post-conventional religion, you could say. A religion that can actually... Or, I mean, like... It, whether to call it religion at this point is questionable, but uh, an understanding of reality that makes that has you know more exp, not just explanatory power, but that seems to correspond a little bit better with what we can observe than like Yahweh. Uh, or Allah, or whoever created the world and is going to punish everybody else who doesn't believe in him. What was I... What was I talking about that seemed more interesting than this? I guess I got there, you know... Oh yeah, I guess this was I guess this was me trying to explain the the notion of uh hierarchical structure of worldviews. Now I'm not I'm not talking about I'm not talking about the hierarchical structuring of society that exists in conventional societies and corresponds with conventional religion. I'm not talking about hierarchical power relationships um, but I'm talking about a hierarchical nature of uh, understanding of, of worldviews that there are worldviews that are on higher levels so to speak in that they their explanatory power um is able to encompass much more of what we can observe than others. And so the others functioned for a long time as as societies developed in relative isolation and now once these societies are becoming increasingly in contact and in interaction with each other then we need something that is able to encompass all of that.
which is why we have to stop being theist. Eventually. Well, I mean, if, I'm just saying, uh, if human society continues, is, if, if human society is going to continue, then, uh, a, a post-conventional, post-theist world, worldview is going to have to, uh, is going to have to become predominant over theist conventional religions. Because that that already corresponds so much better uh, to the scientific, rational, technological uh, world that we live in. And then you know, and then we still even are going to need to move beyond that. Let's look at little things for a while. But I'd better just keep going ahead and talking. Because I think I talked for a while, uh, kind of explaining a certain scheme uh, that's already existed in my head. A scheme uh, which is really, really informed a lot by Ken Wilber. And maybe it's, maybe that's not really the most generative and honest way for me to be talking. Because it's, it's a, it's, well, you know, this is really interesting to, to, uh, see how my talking shifts between Things like observing my first-hand experience and commenting on the behaviors of my thought in more or less real time.
and then and then uh, somehow shifting into explaining much more abstract things and it's it feels increasingly apparent to me that all of this stuff all of these are, are very linked that is things like 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 ooh, is that a frog I think I just saw a toad or something. I saw something hopping over here. Where'd you go? Don't tell me it was just a leaf. Oh, there he is. Look at that frog. Hey. Somebody want to identify that frog for me? Nice camouflage. Hey, you're letting me touch you. Are you not going to jump away? Wow. Steely Reserve. This frog does not give one F, one flying F. I am the frog whisperer. Let me get this thing off of your eye. Boy, if I were a predator. There he goes. What was I talking about? Oh yeah, about uh, my individual subjective experience <clears throat> being inseparable um, from from the more uh, objective world. And my my experience of the so the my, the so-called like direct experience like seeming to be inseparable from abstract thought ultimately.
Like, if I talk about having an experience of no thought or experiencing the unmanifest where it's like, you know, uh, like my, myself, my body is, is unmanifested as something separate from the rest of the world and, and also like uh, the outside world is, is, is not manifesting because I'm, I'm in a state of like uh, inner absorption Well, it's, it's obvious that that kind of experience isn't all there is. And I have no evidence to say that that kind of experience is, is fundamental to other things. And I have no kind of experience, I, I have no kind of evidence to say that that kind of experience is independent of my abstract understandings of the objective world. You know, things that I've read, learned, heard, observed. And indeed, I'm, I'm pretty certain that without the without a certain without a certain amount of i don't know without a, a certain like level of uh intellectual understanding of the world or like the the worldview that I have that like that type of uh, inward absorption would would have to be framed very differently you know If I grew up in the Christian world and there never occurred to me really even any alternative to the Christian faith, that that was just, you know, the water that I lived, that I swam, the air that I breathed in terms of my worldview, then like an inner absorption would, would have to be probably interpreted as, as communing with the Creator. or or whatever the view I mean uh, Christianity has has a kind of uh, big disadvantage in, in that in most forms of it um, we don't in most forms of it you, you don't uh, ever get the notion that 
you, you could actually commune with God. You can only kind of pray to God and make requests of God and uh, try and follow his laws and stuff, but uh, <clears throat> the notion that you could uh, actually connect actually connect with God or or transcend your humanness uh, even for a moment and and uh, and and kind of like experience the the actual qualities of God like is that's not even really hinted at it's like you you really are You know, you really are kind of defiled, and it's it's through these these uh, just kind of like more more. I don't know. I'm sure there. I'm sure there are exceptions to this. And maybe maybe it's not so different from maybe it's not so different from other worlds uh, or other other worldviews or the one that I have now, in which I am continuously kind of uh, apprehending my own defilement and uh, constantly attempting to to transcend it, uh, but always failing. Maybe that's not so much different. Uh, from your typical Christianity, but it's it's framed very differently. But it's true that I I think in most forms of Christianity, uh, it's like you know you just you just do specific concrete things, or even just say specific concrete things that you know I accept Jesus Christ as my Savior, in order to like. Uh, in the after you're in the afterlife, um, have no suffering. Like to in the afterlife, you know, get the get the big payoff. You know, heaven or like ongoing orgasm or whatever heaven is like. Well, there's no there's no notion that in this life there's any any possibility of, of transcending uh, our flawed humanness boy I'm rambling a lot or that it I mean it's like each kind of I'm, I might be talking about a subject for a little while and then there's a little tangent and then I I talk about that tangent for a, a while and then that tangent leads to something else <clears throat> and that's fine I think maybe a good thing about doing this more often and 
doing things to develop my abilities of attention and focus uh, and memory perhaps would is the advantage of over the long term of the four hours to be able to remember to return uh, to things that were only hinted at to remember to come come back and uh, to have a very long term coherent form I think that's I think that's where this could improve. I think there are some episodes where I did that relatively well. And then some which uh, the, the overall form doesn't make as much sense per se. But it's, yeah, it's, it's a matter of like extending the, ex extending the uh, capacity for attention over a longer duration. So that I, I don't have to, you know, keep uh, jumping to a very different subject or mode of talking in order to keep myself interested. And that's, that's the sort of thing where decisions that I make in my everyday life become really important. You know, like I... feel like I really should avoid the sorts of things that degrade my capacity for attention which um, sadly to say are the, the things that bring me immediate pleasure whoa that's a big machine over there you know immediate sensual or or intellectual or otherwise emotional gratification uh, are the sorts of things that tend to, I, th I think, tend to degrade my qualities of attention and, and focus and willpower. And that's just, what that is, is really just to kind of clear the way for um, deeper absorption into whatever I happen to be doing. But then again, this is, so this is something that I was attempting 
to articulate at the very beginning of this video. So this this gives me a little bit of hope that now I'm now I'm returning to something at the beginning of the video that I seem to lack the capacity to explain, but It's like, so I'm, I'm saying that, you know, I want to be more focused in my everyday life. And so what exactly does that mean? And the, the thing that I am sort of discovering is that whether, whether I am focused or not, seems to depend on the on the conceptual framework around what I'm doing that is how how I kind of classify what what my life is what are the things that uh, constitute my identity like what are my core activities that I'm trying to focus on And uh, I'm not, I haven't, I haven't quite succeeded in saying what I'm trying to say yet. Um, bear with me for a moment. This other uh, complicating factor is that, you know, if I'm if I'm saying that I want to focus myself, I'm I am I'm calling upon willpower and strong intention, and then. When I summon intention, then I, I start to observe a sort of way that intention kind of arises. And that it's it's not, it, it's like intention is not coming from some kind of special locus of control that is in a like that is like in a you know closer to the real me or whatever like like i don't see this real me that has this locus of control this this source of intention because i can observe various intentions arising at different times and so it's like, 
I observe this desire for something like focus, but then, but then I'll also observe, uh, I'll, then I'll also like, what will come into view for me is the mind state or the, the temporary perspective that I had that led to that desire and then it will become a little bit debased debased I feel like I'm not doing a good job at explaining this I mean one way to one way to say it the unflattering way to say it is that one day I might feel super committed to something and be like I'm going to I'm going to focus on this for really hard for a long time now I'm I'm stopping all my messing around and I'm going to get serious and I'm going to focus on something and then and then after a few days or whatever the time is, some different perspective will occur to me and I will, I will see this focus as either, I'll, I'll, I'll understand this focus as, as being uh, a limitation of sorts or I'll I'll see this possibility of focusing on something else as being uh, just as reasonable. How could I put this? Like, let's take as an analogy this episode of Walking and Talking. Let's take, let's take this episode of Walking and Talking as an analogy for my life and so let's say okay I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna stop drifting around aimlessly in this episode and just focus on talking about one subject but the thing is that like the boundaries of that subject are subjective and um, almost and arbitrary in a sense and so like what it would even mean to stay on one subject is is like becomes just a Like, like, like diving into fog, or, or just uh, things, things being not solid. I feel at a lack here to explain. But this is this is interesting. Like I'm, like 
feeling out of lack. Wanting to achieve a certain type of explanation. Wanting something that feels unclear to become clear. Uh, cottonwood inner inner bark this stuff is like really good for uh, starting fires and so you know In this moment, having spent some time feeling as if I'm struggling to uh, explain something and find, finding my attempts at explaining something to like kind of come up negative. <clears throat> now it's like, like the question of focus, like, is my object of focus now? My, is it is it like the 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 struggling thought process? And obviously now I'm starting to observe. I'm starting to to, you know, make observations on a struggling thought process, and so this has now become the thing that I'm talking about now. See, here's here's the thing about focus. Is it is it on do I focus on what I happen to be doing right now or do I focus on something that I remember doing in the past? And so focusing on what I happen to be doing right now is is interesting in that when I when I actually observe what I happen to be doing right now in this acutely present moment I cannot I cannot credibly attribute what I happen to be doing right now to my own intention and my own willpower and agency because it's like Like for instance, I was struggling. I didn't intend to struggle, and then I found myself observing that struggle and commenting upon uh, my struggle to explain something. And that act of commentary was neither something that I brought about through my own like agency and willpower. It's just something that has like. Uh, arisen in this process of talking and more and more especially right now I'm just I'm merely just experiencing talking I'm it feels more and more like there's no agency here there's just talking happening and in this moment I feel it particularly strongly and it's really enjoyable actually and it, it it's also brought me uh, back into this thing that I've experienced before of starting now to observe my 
uh, abstract linguistic thoughts uh, occurring immediately before they become spoken by my mouth. And I'm just, uh, like, I'm just witnessing this process of thoughts forming, and I'm, I feel like I'm just witnessing the, the motor actions happening of my mouth and my tongue and, and voice and stuff, as well as uh, walking. Ah, the video stopped. Uh, hopefully it hadn't stopped for too long. Um, but I'm saying that like, I'm having... Ah, battery malfunction. I think we're good to go now. Ah, it's gonna run out, damn it. Stay connected, stay connected to the battery, please. Uh, it's so funny. Like I was just, uh, I was just, just starting to feel a sense of flow happening and then the and then the camera dies because for some reason it's not accepting the charge from the external battery and then I'm like damn it <clears throat> I was I was just just starting to feel uh feel a, a transcendence of selfhood developing and then and then conditions went wrong and uh, I then I got frustrated that's how that always seems to happen dang it dang it darn it dang it oh well suffering problems they keep existing, darn it. Seemingly despite all the transcendent potentialities. Dang it. Ah, uh, well, well, I can say that the camera's working at this very moment. How long that'll continue? is completely unknown. Technology. Anyhow, I was saying that, <clears throat> well, I mean, I was, I was going off. I was going off about how how I was beginning to just experience talking as a phenomenon that was not originating from a personal agency and, and, and intention, but something that was just sort of happening. And here's one thing is that it's not that, it's not that like, it's not that, that uh, my understanding of selfhood like vanishes and disappears. It's a little bit more like uh, my, my perspective like come, comes up a level and then I, I'm just like observing, observing it. Uh, 
from above or something like that. And then, and from there, it's just like observing yourself selfing, you know, Ob observing uh, everything that we associate with selfhood just kind of like happening. But now as, but now being a different, now being a more transcendent subject, observing what we, observing our typical subjectivity now as, as more of an object. Not as an object, but like observing it objectively happening or something like that. And, and it feels like, it feels like, like everything uh, in the past is like leading up to that experience. It's like, then I, then I start to, then I start to understand things like the past and the future as like, as being components of this experience, of, of this, of this very present experience, of things, and, and uh, like, <coughs> Like understanding all of the identification of uh, with with individual selfhood, and understanding identification with thought as this component of the past, but the past being a component of the present, as as merely a kind of uh, just kind of like shh. Uh, Like, like texturing or um, of the present. Like, kind of like, uh, like past and future being kind of like um, optional, optional viewpoints on the present. being like like optional elaborations on the present or yeah like you could fold you can fold the present up to make it look like the past or the future but it's not necessary everything's I don't know in a sense everything's all at once but one of the things that I was saying that's uh, Kind of paradoxical is that so like I don't know when I'm in a in a day-to-day -day, uh, life and and I'm not doing things like this sometimes it can be hard to convince myself 
that I should go outside and make a four-hour video of walking and talking because I'm like, what's, what's that gonna get me? What's that gonna do? Uh, because it's hard to you you can't really uh, you can't really remember this type of experience. Because it's it it it's be, because it's uh, it's it's larger. It's larger than uh, you know anything of of the material world. It's larger than and uh, anything. It's it's larger than what can be understood by the rational mind. And so, like, if I am caught up in. My rational life, which we all must be very often in order to, you know, keep things going, it's, it seems like. It's hard to grasp this kind of uh, perspective and it's, kind, it's hard to, to, it's hard to keep in mind why why to kind of like drop drop rational concerns and come out and and do something very pointless for a long amount of time but then when you do it then you realize something that you 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 experience something that yeah that that just that doesn't fit into the linear conception of time and it doesn't fit into memory really I mean, it doesn't fit into memory because it ex it exposes memory for uh, for what it really is as as being just kind of like a structure that's here and now. That's you know as being an abstraction from from uh, here and now. And then one starts to one starts to kind of like experience um, everyday normal life, or you know, it's like from this perspective, like everyday normal life, uh, the vicissitudes um, seem like a limited viewpoint. Um, but you know, when you're in that, it's not like it feels limited. Actually, it does sometimes. It does to me. Like I really often, you know, maybe I'm just like sitting on a computer, uh, checking email or uh, or something like that, or looking at YouTube or, or something like that, or. doing something or other and and uh, it just feels unsatisfying you know and it feels unsatisfying because I seem to have I like like I just have a, a sense that 
there's something lacking. There, there's uh, that there's a like a a broader or deeper perspective on reality to be had. And like like I've said many times, it's like it's not like those typical things are. Um, pointless or you know they're, they're, it's not like they're really like inferior in a, in a real evaluative sense but I guess I guess it's just that I I want in my life for them always to be in service of this type of experience to just do just enough you know do just enough in in uh, the rational concrete world to uh, allow for uh, a trans-rational um, clear perspective to proliferate and, and to uh, and you know this and what I'm saying is is also untrue in a sense because when you have an experience that's like not linearly temporal and uh, you have an experience that is uh, of eternity uh, it's like it no longer matters how long it took you to get there like all the all the struggles and, and worries like don't aren't aren't really mattering to you that led up to it and, and they, they seem to be making sense and fitting into that this worldview but I don't I, I want to be careful not to um, kind of like sell something as as being ecstatic or or blissful. It's not that exactly. It's not exactly an emotional high that you need to be grasping for but I don't know maybe it's okay and maybe inevitable to be be dropping seeds of another kind of desire a, a desire without object Maybe it's okay to make certain varieties of experience appear newly unsatisfying.
because maybe to the extent that it is unsatisfying we'll all be driven to uh, a more transcendental plane of experience hesitate to I always hesitate to uh, kind of describe describe anything as desirable or, or to uh, in any way imply imply that there's there's like specifically something lacking in your life. Which is, is true from the standpoint that that it isn't about uh, it it, re it isn't about attaining anything. I don't know what the hell what I I don't know what the hell I'm talking about. That's not true. I might know. I might know a little bit about one. I guess a, a thing is that now, now I am. I do seem to be speaking in terms of there being an other. and other to this experience right now, you know, this. This intersubjective experience. that we are indeed sharing, which maybe I started to forget about. I started, maybe I started to, to forget a little bit about the fact that your subjectivity which is right here and now, this experience that you're having right here and now is in fact completely integral to my subjectivity that's happening here and now and mine would be, would, would not be like this if it weren't for, for this experience you're having right now. Like this, this, your experience, like this is, this is why, this is why I'm doing this. This is why, why my experience now has 
uh, some form of exalted quality. They're totally interlinked. It's, it's really, it's this communion, this communication slash communion that's occurring right now that is the core of, of this experience, which now doesn't make sense really. It doesn't make so much sense now to refer to it as your or my experience. That there just is experience. Like there's not, there's not loneliness right now. And also the, uh, I think the, the, the technological component uh, contributes to the atemporality of this experience. Like, it seems likely that my subjective experience of atemporality while doing this has something to do with the, this, this recorded medium and and it's a temporality. That is, you know, like for instance, you're experiencing this right now, and I'm experiencing this right now. But if we looked, if we viewed from a linear temporal perspective, there's, you know, there's some gap between us and, and between everyone else that is viewing this at different times. You know, maybe some of you are watching this as the premiere, meaning that there is uh, some number of people viewing with the shared linear temporal temporality or simultaneous simultaneity. And then some people are watching after the premiere so like a more dispersed temporality but it doesn't it's not really important because well i mean for one thing the idea of an objective now uh has been debunked scientifically we find that uh that, that time is in fact relative uh, to the perspective from which it's being experienced. 
and you know that's that's kind of like the uh, objective way of, of looking at it but also just subjectively like look it's just it's just now we're all look like this this now is just all of our nows And in that sense, it's the same, regardless of what time. It's like this, look, look, this now, this now is the fundamental thing. The time, you know, the concept of, of time is an abstraction. It's like kind of layered on top of that. Whether other people watch this at different time period or whether I filmed this at a time in the past is, is all abstraction that's layered upon this experience of now that we're all sharing. I mean, we're sharing, we're sharing a significant, uh, we're sharing something, you know, this communication, this, this understanding. <clears throat> Still even, I feel, okay, so like, this, this experience feels, um, it feels deeply good to me. It feels... It feels fulfilling in, in a deeper sense than, than almost anything else I can imagine myself doing. And yet still, there's, there, I, I feel a potential for, to become more focused in it. Here we are back at focus. Cool, we have, a, we have a topic. We keep returning to focus. We're focusing on focus itself. What better subject to focus on? Dang. See, there it is. Things make sense. What else have we been talking about other than focus? That's the, that's the thesis. Not the, it's not a thesis. It's what we're focusing on. Uh, like I feel potential to be even more focused though in this. You know, it's, it's me, I'm, I'm doing this and having the experience that I've had many more times, many, many other times while doing this of like, why don't I, why don't I do this like every dang day? Why don't I do this more often? Why don't I do this on a 
very regular basis. You know? Why aren't I more consistent with this? Uh, and then, you know, after this is, but then, you know, after, the thing is after this is over, uh, this type of experience will fade and I'll be in everyday life and, you know, like, uh, logical things will, will take over and the importance of doing this on a regular basis might start to fade from the foreground and, and then I, you know, We'll experience this, right? Uh, with something that we are like trying to commit to. When we get overtaken by more immediate uh, gratification of um, certain urges. Like I could do that, I could keep doing this like, and get, get, uh, barely any YouTube views and I think I should think I should still keep doing it. Even if I, even if I got like no YouTube views, but it was still out there, available, I should, I should think I should keep doing it. Because it's still bringing this into being, and it's still, as long as the, the potential for communication is there. Because, you know, and, and especially in an atemporal fashion, meaning like somebody could, some, some consciousness could perceive this, like, hundreds or thousands of years from now. But, honestly, not even that's important, Mark. Not even, not even, um, not even like some person watching this or, or, uh, you know, future being watching this. Is important. <clears throat> because I I believe that there I don't know it, I believe in uh, this evolutionary uh, nature of consciousness it feels as clear as day to me like it feels as as clear as Darwinian biological evolution feels to me And that simply the act of bringing this into being like one 
one bringing my subjective experience of this into being and and two uh you know materializing it so to speak into this this digital medium just like materializing it into digital information and it is information uh to me like i i experience i'm experiencing this and comprehending this like uh as taking as being just being involved in the evolution of consciousness like it's not gonna it's not dying with my body i'm just i'm i'm committing like as as i'm i'm kind of like committing my i'm committing a, a particular variety of my experience To, to material information. That should have, that, you know, I mean, it does already, and, and, and should have uh, a life beyond my body. And so, you know, that does, that involves some abstract uh, conception of the world and how the world works and involves linear conception of time, but, uh, and it involves uh, my abstract understanding of other subjectivity. It, it involves, um, <clears throat> I mean, it involves, you, you could say, my uh, abstract understanding of, of something that we could call panpsychism and, and my conception of uh, evolutionary processes of increasing complexity. But at the same time, uh, this, it involves my subjectivity very much in that um, I'm feeling like You know, I, I feeling like experientially involved in this. In like, in a way that if you took just my subjective experience alone would be compelling and enough for me to continue. But uh, a true understanding um, is that it's, it's not really possible to just reduce everything to subjective experience uh, and that, that abstract objective uh, understanding is, is, very, is, is, in fact, involved in subjectivity. And they, in a sense that feels real to me, are, are, are kind of one and the same. Which, I know that's not something that makes any sense, but, you know, just, it's just something to, something to sit with.
That stream is tight. These woods are tight. What is this? Mountain laurel? Dang. I guess you could say that I'm trying to communicate something that seems uncommunicatable. But I just, uh, which is to say that I just would love to, to kind of induce in you the sort of experience that I'm having. But not the sort of, not the sort of, uh, not the sort of like would love to in the sense that there would be a problem if it didn't happen. But in a sense that you, uh, if you, if, if one wanted, you could call this activity, uh, love for me. You could call this a, uh, actualization or something of love. Or you could call this, you could call this activity loving or something. I mean, just, just like from my, at least from my, like, point of view. But that, ten that tends to be kind of a fraught word, but you can, uh, if you want, you could just kind of, ah, camera stopped again. Um, I hope that my camera successfully repaired that file. Dang problems, dang it. Problems with communication. Uh, you could view this as me just desiring this type of experience for you.
for for everybody and for uh, for every everything that is conscious. And yet, and yet, at the same time, I feel a kind of um, a confident and and reassuring kind of feeling about reality. This feeling of like, despite um, despite problems and suffering that damn it the damn damn camera darn it dang it shoot ah shoot problems anyhow what I was saying is that uh I feel like there's this uh, inherent telos uh, to reality in which everything's okay. I mean, I know I don't feel this way all the time, that's for dang sure. But right now it feels like, even with all the problems in life, in the world, all the suffering, and that like, yes, in a very real sense, you gotta, you gotta solve all of that stuff and you have to, you have to experience your individuated self in ways that are painful and problematic but that like the, the telos that this is all leading to is, is a state in which everything's okay A state in which all those struggles make sense. I mean, there's still there's still this like skeptical voice in my head that's gonna be like, yeah, you're not gonna like, you're gonna probably feel the opposite the next day. Might be true. If if memory serves. I've felt this way before, and then I've felt the opposite before it. But it's funny because, like, the times in which I feel the opposite are the times in which, in which memory is really playing a, a greater, uh, a more, forf a greater role in things, you know? Linear, linear time, remembering and projecting is um, uh, more predominant uh, in my consciousness. And 
the individuated self being um, being kind of like the 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 top level of identification and you know and and this being the source of problems and suffering of being like life is nothing but suffering or or like life is ultimately suffering even even if there's like some pleasant breaks here and there ultimately it's back just back to misery and uh the inherently uh cyclically problematic nature of life <clears throat> But, oh well, what are you going to do? Oh well. That's life. Oh well. Well, it is what it is. But it sure is pleasant out right now a little early spring day you know once you've once you've really just like absorbed all the bleakness of winter and accepted it as the status quo and you've totally forgotten what nice weather feels like And then you get a little early spring day or it's warm and you're like, oh yeah, oh yeah. There's another side of reality. I, I kind of forgot about. Damn, damn. What is up my internet friends? There's a, you know, sensual pleasure, but you know, you, you have to, you have to actually go through this, uh, purgative resetting caused by winter. What would it be like to live in a tropical climate? I suppose that that, that variable upon one's emotional, emotional topography would be evened out. And other factors would come to the fore. Like uns unstable governments and such.
I have this experience like, you know, uh, from the outside, it's like four hours seems like onerous or something like, oh, what a, what a, that's a lot of work. Isn't that going to suck having to talk for four hours? But at the moment, from inside, it's like, damn, I have four hours to do this. Tight. Wow, it's 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 kind of it's kind of insane. Uh just how completely unstable at least my perspective is. Just, I mean, uh, in terms of any things that tend to be described verbally, linguistically, the, the quality, quality of truthfulness is just so shifty. It's always, it's always, it's always slipping away. It's always wriggling out of my hands. And, you know, in a way that could be seen either as like, Either as terrifying or as, as like wonderfully expansive, but probably best not to attach any uh, qualitative or emotional valence to it. Is, is what it is. But, you know, to put a positive spin on it, it's, it's like, uh, To, to just have a human life, and you can even think about your, your specific human life, you know? The fact that you are alive right now, and that there's this, uh, that there is this enormous potential for, for your consciousness to just expand... into into understandings and experiences that you you cannot even conceive of right now is uh, is really exciting i think at the moment you know asterisk You know, but then, you know, like, it could be a, a bad thing. Like, I just, like, just think about, think about, like, really bad experiences. Think about, think about, like, a bad acid trip. 
or or like or maybe like an experience that could happen in without without drugs but that like has a, a similar quality of just like uh all of your reality just like destabilizing and and like you know things that things anything that you that seemed true to you just kind of like uh falling apart uh anything like your 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 identity as a, as a person as a self like uh becoming revealed as as unsolid and and uh you know is is just kind of like falling apart and uh going into this total void of meaning i mean let let's i i could uh, i i've actually never had like i've never well i never took acid before so i haven't had like a bad trip so to speak but like from my understanding of that it's like um just I actually like experiences of everyday life to me have have uh had characteristics that uh seem to resemble what people describe of a bad acid trip like just just normal life feels uh enough of a bad trip to me uh for extended periods at times um but that's that's one side of things the other side of that of that like you know it's like a process it's like a it's like a process of like it is kind of a process of destroying yourself uh that's like excruciatingly painful and it, it's like you know it's really the the like core of of suffering um but it it really is like smashing up uh you know it, it's it's like it it means that like your structures of selfhood and of world view are coming into into friction with the world uh and, and and it's this friction that is going to have to uh just grind it down and smash it up uh into something that's more fluid expansive dynamic more integrated and deeper and broader And so like at the end of that it's some is something something really uh expansive and full of possibility and exciting and uh you know is is the opposite of of this like experience of suffering. And so I'm saying like bad acid trips might be a good thing to go through or just you know but you don't have to you don't need drugs to like you don't need drugs to have that kind of experience. You can just you can just be sober and and just keep observing like the uh you know just well, you know. You don't have to do anything actually. 
just keep living or maybe even not and and uh, you know by virtue of you being a part of reality you you will come into in, increasing uh, contact with it and as as reality you know can evolves and manifests and and you are could not possibly be other than uh, part of that you know your truth your truth and and you you can't really help it you know I mean you can you can help it you, you can it seems it seems like you can adopt an orientation towards truthing as as opposed to away from it and trying to resist it you know don't be afraid of the types of experience that tend to corrode your understanding of the world and and by corrode i just mean like destabilize you could say but uh, uh but for me it's like a repetitive for me it's like a a, per, a a repetitive and durational activity such as this uh is it's really wonderfully conducive to that. And like that's a that's a form of stability. And a world that makes no sense. I want to go back up there. Listen how positive I am. You know, I would say that I should just, I should watch this video next time I feel depressed, but no, not a good idea. Next time I feel depressed, I should go out and walk and talk. And then, uh, you know, that's like, you just, and that's, that's the sort of thing that I need to convince myself to do that I'm trying to convince you to do to like 
uh, not avoid those types of like what we typically call negative experiences. I don't know. But just to, just to like, I don't know. I don't, I don't actually have advice. I don't actually have advice because every advice that I, every piece of advice that I could say that there's like also a viable alternative. There's, there's also like, could be even an, uh, there could be a contradicting thing to say that would be equally true, I think. Like, <clears throat> I mean, for instance, coming out and do, doing this, like, period of time that avoids uh, extrinsic sources of emotional gratification and reward maybe that's not even true I it is a nice day that's you know it is a nice day in the woods. That could be interpreted as an extrinsic source of reward. Uh, but it is, it is like, uh, You know, you know, you know what I'm saying. You know, I don't have to, you know what I'm saying. It's not sitting around watching a bunch of short YouTube videos and, and uh, eating popcorn. It's not scrolling Facebook. You know what I'm saying? There's a real difference. It's not, it's not impulsively buying a bunch of stuff on Amazon. It's not, it's not sitting there reading and reading until your brain hurts. And then you have just merely another uh, translative framework of of your understanding of things. I mean, I'm talking about the difference between me doing this and me doing other things that I could be doing. It's not... It's not, uh, it's not working for money. 
maybe it's a little bit of that. Not really, though. Um, but I guess what I'm saying is that uh, long periods of anhedonia, anhedonia can can come around in in a pretty profound way. Dang. Tight. What is that, a limestone mine? We are, we are in coal country, but I don't see any black stuff. I would like to think that your experience is more peaceful than it would be if you were consume if you were if you were consuming the alternative types of things that there are on YouTube that you could be watching right now. Or not exactly, not not just more peaceful, but uh, I guess just uh, to have have a broader perspective uh, incited, instigated. Just to just just generating generating possibilities for possibilities to uh, for aiding and abetting. Um, the evolution of consciousness. Doesn't that sound pretty new age? I sure think so.
but I don't, I don't really have to talk about that in order for that to happen. And the thought just came to me, well, okay, then what should you talk about? Uh, and then I remembered that it doesn't matter. And I remembered just to keep letting words fall out of my mouth. Like this, and this, and this. But it would be cheating to keep saying and this repetitively for the rest of this episode. I'm walking uphill now and as my experience has revealed that often geographical characteristics uh, of my experience correlate to mental experiences. That is, when I'm walking up a hill, <clears throat> I will, it, I'll have the experience of it feeling like more work to keep talking and if I'm walking downhill, talking will feel more like it's just flowing out of me. And other things like if I make a circle, uh, geographically, then I'll, I'll find my thought kind of making a loop and, and uh, repeating something just kind of involuntarily. But now that I've observed that, maybe I start to do it consciously. I don't know. I feel, you know, suddenly again, suddenly again, I feel <clears throat> like I, like I, like I just again, like woke up to my immediate experience. And I guess that just means, um, I guess that just means a quieting of, uh, more abstract stream of thought that I was, uh, maybe not fully conscious of. And then. Uh, my attention just kind of returning to my more immediate sensory experience like bodily sensation and the the more immediate uh, sensory experience of talking and of, of thoughts occurring and when that happens it then it's it's like again my my experience of of being an individual self with agency weakens and I'm more have this experience of yeah observing observing myself thinking and observing myself talking and I really think that this this these are the types of experience that <clears throat> people do tend to have when they're high, uh, but you just have to realize that if you just go, 
if you just go way into sobriety, you know, it's like those, those types of experience that you associate with being high are just, are going to be just more embedded in, in your everyday reality. You know, maybe even including some of the negative aspects, <clears throat> perhaps. But it's like, yeah, it's like, that there's this, there's this real great advantage of like continual attention or just like uh, continuation on something and, and not changing uh, well, I don't know. <sighs> uh, but like, I've, I've had this feeling that like, if I'm, if I'm like, continuously seeking altered states by, you know, particularly by doing drugs, then it's like, it just introduces more discontinuity in in my awareness and and I have this feeling that over the long run that that could be an inhibiting factor of of achieving a greater understanding and and of these I don't know more more subtle <clears throat> aspects of awareness uh, to to be integrated into the everyday And like, yeah, this just keeps, this keeps just like pounding me over the head with like this, this thought of why don't you do this every day? I mean, I'm sure that it would be hard. And that if I, if I did it every day I would I would probably run into some newer and more difficult challenges that I haven't experienced yet just mentally psychologically emotionally you know cuz I I wouldn't have if I did it every day it's like I wouldn't have as much uh quote unquote everyday experience like normal life experience to draw upon for this experience to feel somehow significant or exalted and this would become the everyday but maybe that would be good you know maybe that would be good would i fall into a rut who knows it's okay to fall into a rut especially if you experience yourself falling into a rut if you experience your, yourself falling into a rut you're like Damn it, I'm in a rut. It's it is a sign of progress because you're like what you were formerly identified with 
now you are outside of and observing and objectifying and you're like I don't want to be just that I want to be more and like that's that's the necessary first step towards expanding what you are is to just notice yourself being in a rut which is why I should do this every dang day it's hard on weekends though when there's so many people out it's really hard to focus it's really hard to focus when there's a bunch of IRL people you know it's hard to remain in touch with the atemporal quality of this medium Hey, here's my asterisk. I found it. See? Think about something enough, it'll manifest without you having to do anything. Asterisk. Not really true. Tight. Quiet here. I should do this every day, my current self thinks to myself and says out loud. You know, every day is not nearly as pleasant as this. There's the dang old winter to contend with. Assuming I stay here in this, at this latitude. But Here's, here's, here's this version of me telling you that you have permission to hold me accountable for not doing this, like, a lot more often, you know? Like, at least every week, for crying out loud. Uh, yeah, I give, I'm giving you permission, this version of myself, to send, to send me an email if I am falling off the wagon. Of make if you know if I'm not uploading videos, you have my permission to send me an email. You know my email address, sitting and smiling at gmail.com. All one word. If I haven't uploaded in a long time, be like, yo, Ben, remember your past self that said you should do this every day.
And then, you know, my future self will be like, yeah, but now I think, now I see things differently. So, you know. We'll see. I really, I really love being able to hold in my mind uh, the, the contradictions of repetition and difference, you know. The paradox of, of change and sameness or consistency and variety and like Sometimes, actually very often, this feels like a really, a big problem. This, that uh, contradiction. Should I, should I do, keep doing the same thing or should I do something different? And it feels like a big problem. And then, at a, at a time like this, uh, I'm like, like, sameness and difference are, are not only different, they're also the same to each other. They're not, uh, they're not contradictory, actually. It doesn't make sense, I know. But believe, believe me, it's true. Asterisk. Sometimes it feels, you know, I'll feel a tension with a contradiction in my life. Uh, feeling torn between two apparent opposites. And this is, it's never, it's never resolved by just going into one of those things. It's resolved by understanding uh, it's but under understanding like the non-dual nature of those two opposites. What critter do you think burfed that up or pooped that out? A predator has eaten something furry and then excreted it in out of one orifice or another into this beautiful creation.
Was it an owl? Was it a fox? Another reason for doing this every day is to not let to not let the previous episode become objectified in my mind. You know, to not let the previous thing take on too much significance. Because then then it if I'm not doing this and the the thing that I did in the past like starts to take on some kind of solidity in my mind, uh, and then it's like, then I then I'm thinking too rationally uh, in relation to that to like to get started on the next one, you know, like you gotta you gotta immediately like let go of it and like start on the next and and just continue, continue, you know. Oh, snap! Look at. These shrooms! Much, much shrooms. Actually, I'm not sure which ones these are. They have this like uh, shaggy, kind of toothy pore surface on the underneath. I'm off my mushroom identification guide. Uh, uh, I'm 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 uh, I'm slacking on my mushroom ID knowledge. It's gotten rusty. But you can you can tell me, you mycologists. from as an object this video is is so dumb you know if I ever watched these videos back they and I'm, I'm then involved in uh, objectifying this experience and it's dumb they don't work as an object but experientially now like this this now this now as an experience works you know what i'm talking about this experience you're having this experience that you're having right now it works this video as an object this video keeps uh the camera keeps stopping and repairing the file i don't know why today it seems like anytime you have a piece of technology that has these 
firmware updates or you got an operating system that automatically updates every time that it updates it just introduces new problems it's like if it works enough like let me just let me just not have the update if it's working fine just don't give me the damn update because as soon as you give me the update then it's gonna have a new error a new glitch it's gonna stop working with my computer because my computer is not gonna be fast enough for your updated version now you can't reverse the update but anyhow I was talking about continuing to talk is that a dryad saddle it's not a dryad saddle it looks Is it a birch polypore? Is that even a mushroom? People. There's people walking. <clears throat> Gotta hide from these people. Gotta hide from these people so I can remain in my atemporal little world. I'm not sure if I'm, I'm not sure if, if my aim is, is primarily to communicate with people. I'm not sure. No, it's not, it's not about communicating with people. It's about, it's just about this experience. I'm talking to you. I'm talking about, I'm talking to you. I'm talking about this experience that you're having. That's what this, that's what this is about. It's not about these people. It's because I can't, uh, I can't communicate what I want to communicate. Uh, in a short interaction. I don't really know how. In a short in-person interaction. I need a long time. I need a long time to get rid of time.
Well, let me keep talking. Let me keep talking. You know, it is, it is a sort of thing where even now in, be in between talking, then the idea of talking become, becomes to take, take shape, you know? The idea of talking starts to take a form, starts to become, to some extent, objectified in my mind, this thought of talking. And then when it starts to become objectified, it's as if it uh, becomes a problem. Like, you know, thinking about talking. What should I say? Is it going to be dumb if I say something? Why, why am I talking again? What's the point of this video again? That, these sort of problems. But then, and, and then, so it takes a little bit of overriding of that pattern to just start talking without having resolved any of those, any of those apparent problems. And then, in the, from, from the, the view from within the activity of talking, right now, I'm actively talking, and those problems just aren't there. It's like just talking, and, and those, those things are... It's not that they... It's like, it's like they, they sim, it's like they, they just kind of like resolve themselves uh, without, without, it's like simultaneously uh, answering themselves, but not in the form that one would think. Like, we're experiencing this talking now, and uh, it's just like the question of it having a point isn't isn't really a problem or isn't really present. And it could be said in that in that sense, like that's the point. Like the the point is the point is is to transcend the, the question of having a point. And that sounds awfully conclusive. But, you know, then, but then, but then, it it just re it just reintroduces the problem on another level you can say it's uh it's cyclical it's continues to be generative and problematic uh simultaneously you know if we've achieved a point and that point is to transcend uh, transcend the uh the paradigm of of pointfulness then we still have to keep going know what I'm saying you know you know what I'm saying I, I wanna I wanna tell you that 
skipping around this video won't help you. Like, there's not going to be any kind of reveal. I mean, there's there's not exactly a reveal. Well, uh, not necessarily true. But it's more just like it's more just like a sustained attention is is really where it's at. And the the particular content is subordinate to that is uh secondary. The particular content is just kind of content that uh is in service of this activity of sustained attention. And sometimes it's about it, you know. We're about focus. But it's not... I mean, while... While this video is about, it, you can say that it's about focus, but this video isn't about what it's about. This video is about what it is. Cool, that, that sounds kind of quotable or something. That sounds like a nice like little uh, sound bite. It's, it's not about what it's about, it's about what it is. Cool. That's see. I, I I have to I have to restrain myself from taking things. You know, I have to restrain myself from from objectifying it. Though you know, if I take that, I could take that little quote and like, oh, cool. Oh yeah, cool. I got it concisely. I got a little you know thing. Uh, it's a form of exploitation. It's a form of like taking. It's a form of taking a dividend uh, out of this, out of the, out of what I'm investing in. What I'm investing in being, being the the formless unmanifest. You know, all all potentiality. And if you tip, but then if you take dividends, then it's like it weakens it. It it lessens the potentiality. You know what I'm saying? But you know, if we wanted a little, if we want a little short quote or something, that's not a that's not a bad one. It's not about what it's about, it's about what it is. You know, confusing. It's like, yeah, it's like, 
this type of video, uh, doesn't, it doesn't work from the exterior. You know what I'm saying? Like this, uh, it's this talking about this video doesn't, isn't interesting. It's just, you know, if you try to try to describe this video to somebody, it's like not compelling, you know? It's a guy walking around talking for four hours. Sounds super boring. Why would I want to watch that? But then, but within, you know, in the experience of it, it's like, like, you know, there's something happening. You know what I'm talking about. There's, you know what I'm talking about. There's something. It's not nothing, as, as we like to say here. In walking and talking. There's, there's this huge contrast between the feeling of uh, not being, of not doing something and, and doing something. I mean, and it is a matter of conceptual framing and that I'm within my conceptual frame of doing something uh, when I'm outside this framing. Uh, I, I, sometimes feel like I'm not doing anything. I'm not really doing anything. Which is so funny because like a lot of people think the opposite. Uh, maybe about this YouTube channel. Like think of all you could be doing, but you know, I'd, I feel like I'm doing something now. And I, I don't tend to feel like I'm doing something much of the other time. It's like, or, or, or I could say, like, I feel like I'm, I'm just kind of doing stuff. And, and it's unsatisfying other times. Oh, where am I going to end up? Am I going to end up back at where I started? That would be sick. Because then I wouldn't have to walk back. Or it means I'm already walking back. Or am I going to end up somewhere new and unfamiliar? I just see these bright colors ahead. I see this graffiti and I wonder if it is the place 
where I've been before. I've been here before. Hell yeah. Coming back, full circle. How convenient. We're almost, we're close to the end of the video. I hope that all the video files were successfully repaired so we're not missing anything. But even if we are missing anything, it's fine. It's fine. Because we'll just continue. We'll just continue doing stuff, you know? We're not missing anything. There's no missing. There's just this. Whatever. Asterisk. This place tight. Gotta come back here. Or not. Or go to another place that's tight. Look at that. A little, uh, what do they call that? Rattles rattlesnake? weed that's like a little type of orchid anyhow I I'm I'm coming back now I'm coming back uh, to conventional reality in a way that's not unsatisfying that's the good news here folks it's like, after this I can come back to rational reality of just doing things. Um, and feel fine with it, at least, you know, at least for now. Just doing stuff. No problem. Problems, no problem. Problems, it's fine. Asterisk. You can just assume that there's an asterisk uh, after everything that I say. Like a perpetual disclaimer. Not, you know, not really. I claim. I claim truth, but not in, not in object, not in 
the noun sense. I'm claiming truth, but only in the exact moment that I say something or, or think something. And then afterwards, all bets off. I claim truth for this, I claim truth for this moment now that you're experiencing as a verb. I, I claim that you and I are truthin'. Truthin' hard. Let's keep it up. Don't cave. Don't cave into the naysayers or the yaysayers. Don't, don't. Don't just accept concrete rational reality. I mean, yes, I mean, yes, but not just. But actually, you know, go ahead, go ahead. Actually, here, here's what I'm saying. Just accept as true the things that seem true to you. Just look at things. Is it true? To what extent is it true? Is it always true? Or is it sometimes not true? Actually, I'm not telling you anything. You can't help it. You won't be able to help but truth and truth hard. But just don't, don't be satisfied. with stuff that isn't fully true. Don't be satisfied with things that aren't ultimately true. And nothing's ultimately true, so don't be satisfied with anything except the transitive experience of truth and hard to the, ex to, to the extent that you Transcend the transitive and uh, come come into uh, a transcendent eternal ex experiential truthiness. And then it'll feel satisfying. And and not. 
asterisk. Um, where am I? Oh, I know where I am. Type. And it's okay because once once you get there, it won't matter how long it took. So you can be patient. But don't be too patient. See, I'm just, I don't know. I gotta keep saying something. So I'll just kind of like uh, pretend as if I have advice to give. Even though giving, you know, give it, the process of giving advice to be really authentic would have to be a never-ending, eternal process of, of continuing to adjust the advice uh, to correspond with the slippery nature of truth. You'll never have enough advice. You'll never get the ultimate advice that you need. My advice is to you is to stop taking advice. Asterisk. Actually, maybe you should. Maybe you could use some advice. Nah. Maybe. Uh, I'll just keep talking. We're almost done.
it's uh, it's weird, you know. I had I I have to adhere to a temporal, uh, you know, metered kind of measured kind of uh, time frame, clock time, uh, in order to have a broader experience of the illusoriness of time. It's, you know, it's quite a paradox. Whoa, this is like a, this thing is heavy. This feels like metal. I think this is a piece of metal. How, how satisfying. I feel so ready to return to normal life. To the temporal life that won't be committed to information for the most part. But it will in a way. I don't know. And, uh, ew! 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 Let's stop this. Is it time? Let me look. I think it's time. All right, my internet friends. See you next time.